Hi, and welcome to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three, lead teacher, blogger, and founder of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm also the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. Ask Wardy is the weekly show devoted to answering your niggling questions about traditional cooking. Maybe it's your sourdough starter, your sauerkraut, preserving foods, broth, superfoods, or anything else to do with traditional cooking. You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at askwardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. So I'm Wardy. I'm from traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. And this is the weekly show on Periscope, which also gets um, saved for good and posted at traditionalcookingschool.com every Thursday. But we air it live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, where I answer your questions about traditional cooking. So we're talking about traditional cooking today, and we're talking about gelatin and broth. I want to make sure you know about a free gift I have for you. And that is a free video series on traditional cooking. You can grab that at tradcookschool.com slash free vids. Feel free to take a screenshot if you'd like while that's up. It's five videos from inside our fundamentals e-course. So real stuff we use at traditional cooking school to spread the message of traditional foods. And there are five free videos for you if you don't have it already. No obligation, completely free from me to you to introduce you to traditional cooking school. And also to give you a taste of what it's like inside um, the content and lessons that we share with our members. So please do grab that if you haven't already, tradcookschool.com slash free vids. Okay, well, as I said, this is Ask Wardy. I'm taking your questions about traditional cooking. And today we have a great question from Jenny M. Here's what she says. And Jenny, if you are here, I would love um, to call you out. You may be watching it later, but I know you watch our scopes because your the first part of your question says, hi, Wardy, I'm loving your scopes each week. I'm learning so much. So you may be here. My question is, if I'm trying to heal my leaky gut, can I use vital proteins, powder gelatin instead of making my own bone broth? Even though I know it's so good for me, I do not enjoy cooking a pot of bones, especially with chicken feet. Uh, can anybody relate to that? Put a thumbs up in the comments right now if you feel a little squeamish about cooking bones too or chicken feet. I'm sure Jenny's not alone in this. So Jenny also continues with, can I use a quality powder gelatin and achieve similar healing results? Thank you so much for taking the time to answer this. You are a blessing. Well, Jenny, you are a blessing, and I'm so happy to tackle this question. So I didn't get any thumbs up in the comments, but I do know you're not the only one who feels squeamish about bones. And I'm going to admit right off the bat that I don't enjoy cooking chicken feet, and I don't do it that often. I don't have access to chicken feet that often, but when I do, it's just a little bit weird. Um, And Mommy of Eight is saying she's cooking broth right now, but no feet. So... Jenny, I do know you're not alone. Let's, let's um, tackle your question, though, and see what your options are. So the first thing I want to do is read you a quote from a book that I highly recommend to anybody who's interested in gut healing, gelatin, superfoods, um, or anything like that line, on that line. It is The Gelatin Secret by my friend Sylvie McCracken. The link to that is tradcookschool.com slash gelatin secret. So if anybody has nimble fingers and could type that in the comments, that would be wonderful. I highly recommend this book. I'm going to read a quote uh, from it 
right now to you. But side note, isn't that gorgeous? <laughs> gorgeous jello. And this book has a whole bunch of information on gelatin and its health benefits, and it has a whole bunch of recipes for boosting your gelatin intake. Because uh, gelatin is one of those superfoods. So really good question, Jenny. So once again, that book is tradcookschool.com slash gelatin secret. Here's a quote from it. And it's a little bit long, okay? So bear with me, but I want to read the whole thing to you. But even these quality gelatin products like the vital proteins that Jenny mentioned, but even these quality gelatin products don't compare to the whole caboodle that is bone broth. When you cook down bones and other animal parts containing collagen, the collagen is released as gelatin. This gelatin is very rich in proline and glycine that your body can absorb. Bones aren't just good sources of gelatin though. Broth made from bones is also rich in nutrients like calcium, phosphorus, magnesium, sulfur, and potassium. Not surprisingly, all of these are great for your bones. The bone broth itself is a liquid and rich in electrolytes, so it is also very hydrating. Ideally, we'd all consume a few cups of homemade bone broth every day. This broth would provide us with a healthy dosage of gelatin along with the many other nutrients from the bones. It turns out that gelatin is one of the best foods you can eat for your gut. It basically acts like a spackle and fills in the holes in the gut lining. No wonder bone broth with its high amounts of gelatin is considered the go-to remedy for any digestive problem. That's a fantastic uh, series of quotes. I kind of put it together from different parts in the book. Um, once again, that came from the Gelatin Secret, tradcookschool.com slash gelatin secret. I love it. She actually started out one of those passages by talking about grandma's chicken soup or, you know, chicken soup. Chicken soup is good for the soul. It's also really good when you're sick. And broth is a whole package, whether it's bone health, joint health, healing your gut, um, helping you lose weight, just its overall nutritional profile. Jenny, the bottom line is broth is a whole food and it comes in a package all put together with minerals, vitamins, nutrients, along with the gelatin. So it is much better as a nutrition source for you to have your gelatin in broth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That may not be the answer you want to hear, but it is undoubtedly true. Now, I don't want to leave it at there because for whatever reason, you're squeamish about cooking those bones. So I want to talk through that issue first. And the first point I want to make for you is some ideas for tweaking your bone broth, bone broth making process so that you can stomach it. And I don't know what it is. As I said, I don't know why uh, you don't care for making broth. Maybe it is just those chicken feet. I don't know. So let's talk through some ide ideas, ways to, um, to tweak it so you might do it. I have five ideas. The first one's obvious. Don't use chicken feet. If it's the chicken feet that make you squeamish, don't use it. Just use regular chicken bones. There's nothing wrong with that. Those bones and the little bits of um, you know, cartilage and soft tissue from the chicken is going to make really, really nourishing bone broth for you. So skip out on the bones. Um, or if you just don't care for chicken at all, because there is a distinctive smell when you cook broth, so maybe it's not the feet, maybe it's the chicken. So maybe there's some other bones where you would be better with the smell of the broth cooking. So it might be beef, it might be lamb. I don't know what it is, but could you experiment a little bit with that? And another option for you is if you're using dark meat, I mean meat, I mean bones from dark meat in terms of like beef or lamb or goat, um, sheep, um, wild game, 
you can roast those bones before you um, make the stock with them and that really heightens the flavor. It gives you this wonderful meaty flavor. It's called dark stock. And maybe that would be a better smell for you in the house if it's the smell that you're not enjoying. So I would say to enjoy that. And if you're a member of Traditional Cooking School or for anybody who's here who is, we have recipes for chicken stock, um, dark stock with beef. We have fish stock. Those are all inside Traditional Cooking School. Vicki is asking, should you crack the bones before cooking? No, I don't crack bones. I'm not sure where that comes up. Maybe you're talking about really big bones. You know, if they're big and they don't fit in the pot, you might, but Hannah is saying you don't need to, and as far as I know, you don't need to as well. If you have that uh, dark meat, and I'm t chicken is a light meat, turkey's a light meat, but the dark meat would be the ones I was talking about before, beef, buffalo, sheep, goat, venison, roasting really brings out more flavor. And as a commenter just pointed out, yes, we add a dash of vinegar, it helps pull the minerals out of the bones. So that's another way to just get a little more nutrition. So that was my point number two, is to investigate um, options for um, broth that you do like to make. Thank you so much, Kimmy. She's saying she loves this topic. I know you do. Vicki's saying, I'm thinking about accessing the marrow. Actually, when you cook down your broth um, and, and you're finished with it, you can push that marrow out. But if the marrow is encased inside, um, crack it when it's done and then get that marrow into your stock or blend it into your bisque or however you're going to incorporate it. So the third point, just to recap, one was don't use the chicken feet. Two was to investigate other meats for your stock in case you can stomach those better. Number three is what if you made your stock outside or in a garage or in a closed room where you're not during the day and so it's not bothering you, you're not smelling it, whatever it is about it that bothers you, if it's that odor. So make it somewhere else so that it's not bothering you. Number four, uh, if it's just the whole task of making bone broth puts you over the edge for whatever reason, do you have somebody in your family you could delegate the task? A husband, an older child, or trade with a friend, like she makes it half the time and you make it the other half of the time, a sister, uh, delegate it or barter. Maybe there's something you do that you love. I, that's, that could be actually idea number six, but it's coming out in this delegation. So a delegation idea could actually be a slash bartering idea. Maybe you could trade. If you like to make soap and a friend likes to make stock, you trade. Or maybe it's butter or yogurt. I don't know, but you could barter something. Um, my fourth idea, one, two, three, four, five, six. You guys, I just, just am not counting right today. So I guess I had six ideas and I added one for bartering. So whatever I'm on, next would be, um, you know, we make broth and we simmer for 24 to 48 hours. That's the nourishing traditions way to get all the nutrients out of the bone. Um, you might want to check out my friend Megan's blog. She has a great article on broth. She's here at Meg Eat Beautiful. She talks about the different stages of broth making. And so if you're trying to heal gut issues, you may not want broth that's cooked that long. It's actually, you want it to be not as strong in a different point. But the other option, so that, that right there would cut your broth making time. You don't have to watch it or monitor it for so long or deal with the smells of it for so long. Just cut down on the time you cook it. Another instant way to cut down on the time you cook it is to use a pressure cooker such as the Instant Pot. Now, a lot of pressure cookers you're going to have to monitor because you're putting them on a heat source and you're trying to get the 
heat level right so that you maintain the right amount of pressure. The Instant Pot is really a hands-free pressure cooker. You can just tell it high pressure for this long and it's going to monitor itself. It's extremely hands-off. It also doesn't emit any odors. Um, I'll have a link for you with the uh, notes to uh, this video. So if you're watching this replay, the link will just be down below. And we're getting a comment, love Instant Pot, broth in two hours, exactly. So you can have a quick broth in a half hour, you can have a deeper, richer broth in two hours. So it's not as long a time and it's totally hands off. I mean, totally hands off. It is like you don't smell it, you don't know it's going, but you all of a sudden have this broth. So definitely look into something like that. That could really just fix it for you so that you can do it. Um, final tip is to make a big batch once per week or a month and then freeze it so you're not making it so often. So if you were doing the Instant Pot, you'd do a couple batches back to back and then freeze them. Um, in the comments, Debbie's saying she loves the Instant Pot for everything, it's an amazing gadget, and it keeps food warm for 10 hours, says Jay Harblood, which I think is Jenny. Um, and and um, Ivan says no overnight smell is why he, he or she got mine. I don't know if you're a he or a she and another uh, gardening diva, I love my Instant Pot. So I'm gonna tell you guys a little secret here. It's not a secret, I've said it a couple times, but our next class at Traditional Cooking School is Pressure Cooking featuring the Instant Pot. So been thinking about membership, you definitely wanna join us soon. Leanne says she loves to have stock on hand dehydrated. Yes, that's a great tip and we're getting a whole bunch of yays from our members in the comments. I'm so glad you guys are ex excited about that. Okay, so those were the ideas. I guess it turned out to, to be six, maybe seven if you count the bartering, um, to tweak the broth making process so you can stomach it. Um, I also have other suggestions. So this is get it pre-made. So bartering, yes, fits that, but you know, barring any bartering situations, you can purchase it. There is a really high quality source online. Um, it's Wise Choice Market. The, the link to that is tradcookschool.com slash wisechoice. And they have um, chicken and beef, at least broth from organic pastured. Um, it's safe and chemical free because they cook it in stainless steel. It's healthy and nourishing. So it has all the amino acids and vitamins and minerals we were talking about. Um, it's actually delicious. We've had it that ships to your door frozen. You just put it in the freezer. Um, they slow cook it for 48 hours, so you know it's got all the nutrition from the bones. It's compliant with organic standards, you know, pastured animal raising standards. It's also GAPS, um, paleo. It's just a really nutrient-dense, nourishing food. So for in information on that, if that's an option, if you can afford it, tradcookschool.com slash wise choice. It's wise choice market. They're a fabulous um, company and their broth is really delicious. So the final thing I just want to talk about is, even though I've come to the conclusion, and I hope I've convinced you, that making your own broth is way better than just consuming gelatin on its own because of everything else you get, it doesn't mean you can't supplement with gelatin. So yay for supplementation. I've got collagen stirred into my tea right now, and I have, and I have some in my smoothie that I packed for my lunch today. So I'm going to encourage you to supplement, and if you supplementation is going to tide you over if you run out of broth or just can't make it for a little bit and if you need it for healing you should do it it's kind of one of those things where it's the big picture so you want an overall really good diet you also want a stress-free lifestyle and get plenty of sleep because healing is so much more than just I need to have gelatin it's the big picture so gelatin is going to be this thing that helps you 
Um, but you got to be doing a whole bunch of other things on your healing path too, but it can fill in some of those gaps if you fall short. So please do supplement. I do encourage you though, to find a way to make or consume a broth, but supplement with gelatin as well. Um, you mentioned vital proteins. That's a great brand. I also like the great lakes brand. And, um, Robin is asking what brand of collagen do you use? I use the great lakes brand and, um, I, I brought my cans, so just a moment. I'm gonna get off my microphone here and bring them over. I just didn't bring them over to my seat, so if you bear with me. Sometimes there are so many things to have ready <laughs> that I inevitably miss something. Okay, so uh, Vital Proteins, great brand, Jenny. The brand I most often use just because it's what I have been using for so long is Great Lakes. So this is the gelatin, this is the collagen. The difference is, um, and there's a lot more in the book I recommended to you, this is the one that gels. So if you're gonna do homemade, um, Jamie, if you could poke me again if I don't remember that question. If you're gonna do homemade gummies or you're gonna thicken with thicken custards or make your raw milk yogurt, which this is what I add to our raw milk yogurt, it thickens it since I'm not pasteurizing the milk. And that's a whole nother side note. But if you're not pasteurizing your milk, your yogurt doesn't set up, so I use gelatin to set it up. So, but it has to be dissolved in warm. You can't just mix it in, it has to be dissolved. So this collagen doesn't gel, but also doesn't need to be dissolved. So the collagen is Great Lakes brand, it's a green can, um, just stirs really easily into your drink. So it's really quick and easy supplementation. These are both Great Lakes. This is the gelatin, this is the collagen. Okay, and you, there are probably other brands of all, but I really like them because it's a good, um, good animal source that you can trust, that it's good quality. So that's basically the difference there. And Jamie asked, oh, what's the best for sensitive stomachs? I think that both are good for sensitive stomachs. I wouldn't be concerned with either, but just take it cautiously. I may be completely wrong about that. I've never heard of anybody having an upset stomach with gelatin of any kind. So if, if it's a possibility, tread lightly, test it out, make sure it's okay. I wanna stop for a moment and just thank everyone for the hearts that keep flowing and the sharing that I've seen in the comments. You're all a great blessing. It's a wonderful community and I so look forward to coming here every Wednesday to visit with you. Thank you so much for blessing me so much. Oh, and you know, Megan, thank you so much for climbing in, chiming in here. Both are gentle, but collagen is gentler. So there's the answer to your question, Jamie. This is gentler than this. Okay, thank you, Meg, for saying that. So um, just that quick review, um, broth is not, I mean, gelatin is not a perfect substitute for broth. You definitely wanna keep eating broth. So Jenny, please um, review all the suggestions I have here to help you make that broth making process something that you can stomach. Also, um, maybe look into purchasing it or bartering it so you can get it pre-made in your house and not fuss with it if that's just an unovercomable obstacle. And finally, to continue to supplement with gelatin. Um, off the subject, do you need gelatin for raw milk kefir? Oh no, absolutely not, you don't. I mean, I don't, maybe you could add, no. I've never heard of anybody using it. The, the reason that I use it in raw milk yogurt is because the raw milk yogurt doesn't set up. So gelatin allows you to 
have the full range of organisms that were in the raw milk plus the yogurt culture and it's still thickened. So it has a purpose. It also provides a nutritional benefit because who's going to say no to additional gelatin, but your raw milk kefir doesn't need it. It thickens up. It thickens up great. Are there any other questions about broth or gelatin, which I may or may not be able to answer, but I'll do my best or, or refer you elsewhere? Sev is saying you don't need it in kefir, but you could mix it in afterwards. Good point. Yes, like in your smoothie. Um, you know, add, add some of this to your smoothie or into your bowl. Oh, really quick, Ivan, do we lose anything when dehydrating broth? No, you don't. Just don't, um, yeah, you don't lose anything. You definitely want to, when it's dry, to store it cool and dry and airtight and oxygen-free and all that so it doesn't spoil. Um, cool, cool, dry, and dark, basically. Free from temperature fluctuations so that it will preserve. Like, I, maybe you'd want to vacuum seal and pop it in your freezer or put it in a jar and keep it in your fridge and then scoop out what you need. I love having dehydrated broth. It makes you add great flavor to soups and sauces. You can make instant gravy. It's an amazing thing. Sev, dehydrating is very effective at preserving nutrients. Exactly. Good point. Vicki says she puts it in the freezer. Yep, that's fantastic. I think if you have a ton of it, put it in the freezer. Um, if you want to have a little bit in your fridge just ready to go, you can do that. But it is a powder, so it's not a really a problem. I find that it sticks together. So if it's in the fridge, I can more easily like scrape out the tablespoon that I need. If it's in the freezer, it's a little bit less. Easy. Debbie, do you have directions in cooking school for dehydrating broth? Absolutely. In our dehydrating e-course, we do. So if anyone here does not know about traditional cooking school, go to tradcookschool.com slash get started. And that's a whole page about all the classes. We currently have 10 classes with pressure cooking just coming out as our 11th class. Um, and as a member, you get access to all that, plus our forum community, which is a private Facebook group, plus monthly webinars, a traditional food makeover, and so much more. So that's tradcookschool.com slash get started. I'd love to see you inside there. Um, hundreds of videos. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming, everyone. This replay will be up at askwardy.tv within 24 hours, so you can watch it again if you need a refresher. I welcome you to come back again next Wednesday. 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern for our next um, episode of Ask40.tv. Once again, here's the free gift I have for you, tradcookschool.com slash freevids. It's five traditional cooking videos from me from Inside Traditional Cooking School. Give you a taste of what we do in there. If you have questions for future episodes, you know what to do. Hashtag AskWardy to at tradcookschool or email me, Wardy, at askwardy.tv. And then just watch for this replay. It's going to be up at askwardy.tv within 24 hours. It's going to be episode 14. Thanks for coming, everyone. God bless you. And I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. Ask Wardy wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at tradcookschool with your question and use the hashtag AskWardy. Or send an email to wardy at askwardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of Ask Wardy, go to askwardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at tradcookschool on the Periscope app, or go to periscope.tv slash tradcookschool. 
We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Podcasts app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to tradcookschool.com slash awitunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested in traditional cooking will find Ask Wardy too. Thanks so much. God bless you. And I'll see you next week.